Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well. We are back for a squad analysis here on The Last Word on Spurs. Debating time. Do you keep? Do you sell? Do you loan? We'll be going through the whole of the Tottenham Hotspur squad ahead of Nuno's first season in charge at Tottenham and what he should be expecting from this crop of players in terms of whether they're good enough to compete. A lot of these players have been here for quite a number of years. Is it time to move these guys on? Is it time to get some fresh blood in. I'm sure many of you will agree, listen to the show. It's time for some fresh blood. It's time to move players on. It's a big, big transfer window ahead for Tottenham Hotspur. I'm delighted to have alongside me. I've got the wonderful Jason McGovern back on the show. Jace, how are you? All good, mate. Looking forward to it. Looking uh, now all the Euros is finished. We start concentrating on on Tottenham. Just a shout out to England. You know, all the, all the flak three players took. Anyone can miss a penalty and it was, was at least nice to be in the final and, uh, you know, I don't think they let anyone down by by reaching a final. But now, now let's get the attention back to to where we want it to be. Totally agree. What I would say just on England is, um, any fan out there that doesn't support Spurs now knows the pain that we've had to go through. Uh, just a little bit as being a Spurs fan, I'm sure Jake can echo those sentiments as well. Jake, coming over to you. Great to have you back on the show. I know it's been a while. Thanks so much for coming on. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, looking forward to this show. And uh, yeah, as you said, I mean. I have no clue what I did to deserve to support Tottenham in England. Uh, it's just endless years of uh, thinking you're going to achieve something and then obviously falling flat on its face. But um, yeah, looking forward to kind of reviewing the squad today. I mean, we could be here forever knowing the size of our squad now and uh, our inability to shift players on. But no, no, it should be good. So that's the 
Totally agree. Before we do, just to give you guys a reminder out there, we are on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audio Boomer, across all major audio platforms. You can find us on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs, or on Facebook and Instagram too. Before we do touch upon the squad in a real in-depth analysis, Spurs did have their first friendly of this. Want to call it this calendar coming up now? It was Nuno Espirito Santos' first game in charge. A very young Tottenham Hotspur squad, we have to say, was held to a 1 1 draw by Leighton Orient. I know, Jace, you saw very, very brief highlights, likewise for myself too. Jay, let's come over to you because it was a very, I'd say, you know, it was, it was a strong start in 11 from Spurs. Maybe second half, that wasn't really the case. But what did you make of the 11 that Nuno did put to the field in his first game in charge? Could you read anything into it at this very, very early stage? Um, no, I, th- I think partly because there was not enough senior players there. I don't think we were really, I think it was more kind of to get fitness levels up and um, potentially seeing what formations that we might line up in. I mean, it looks as though um, the three at the back that he adopted at Wolves, that's going to be dropped. And it looks like we're going to be reverting back to playing four at the back, um, which would be interesting. I know that's something that he did at some of his previous clubs. I think it's something he did at Porto. So, um, and, and supposedly played more attacking football there at Porto. So, um, I think we'll be seeing four at the back and that's what we saw yesterday. Um, but there just wasn't enough senior players there to kind of really implement anything. So, um, you know, I, d- I don't think we should read anything into it. Obviously, there'll be the headlines that Spurs drew one or with Leighton Orient. But the story was there was a lot of young players there. But I, I think there was there was some fairly um, impressive performances from some of the youngsters. I know John might touch on them um, in terms of how they got on and, and, and uh, give us more details on them. But I thought there was, you know, Dane Scarlett had a fantastic performance yesterday, obviously getting a goal as well, took the goal really well. So that was nice to see. Um, again, you don't, the thing is, the hate to do is trying to get um, too ahead of yourselves with some of the young players. I think Dane Scarlett, you know, he's 17. The one thing I do seem to really like about him is that he, he's very level-headed and that's kind of what's everything that's been reported about him. He's, you know, he seems like he's got a fantastic network around him of support um, and he's got all the ability. We saw that yesterday. He just didn't look phased by being in the first team, um, took his goal really well. So he was an impressive player. Um, I think Niall John was another one in, in midfield who had a, a good performance. I think a number of people also picked up on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, some of the, the senior players were, were a bit disappointing. I think Bergvine um, came in and he, he I think... He's obviously a player who's a bit shot of confidence at the moment. So, um, you know, that's going to take time. I think Deli Ali's kind of working his way back up. It's nice to see him trying to do what he does, you know, best when he's doing those kind of those flicks and the, and the tricks that he does. Um, so he was kind of looking, he was trying to do that a lot yesterday. But um, as I said, it's, it's not, you can't read too much into it. It's the very first man, match under a new manager. It was, um, it was a mixture of youth and, and first team players. So, you know, the, he- the, the score line didn't really matter for me yesterday, but, a couple of decent performances. Yep. Coming around to you, Jay, you know, we did see Nuno give uh, Joe Hart start, Eric Dyer, Harry Winks, Lucas Moura, Deli Ali, Stephen Bergvine from the start. Is it difficult at this stage, Jay, to kind of, in a way, read too much into starting 11s? I mean, we know there's a number of players that Spurs are looking to move on. We'll be discussing that very, very shortly. But for Nuno, what is he looking at at this very, very early stage in pre-season? Is it just about getting minutes into these players or is he really analysing this squad this early on? Well, I'm sure he's analysing it, but I don't. I don't think you could you could look at that too much yesterday. I mean, you got what eight players that are at various stages, not back from the Euros. You got a couple of players in the Copa America, uh, in Gio and Sanchez. A um, couple of players like Skip and Tanganga have had operations during the summer or minor ops. So, you know, there wasn't too many. I think you know perhaps the surprise was that 
that Oria and, and Region and Doherty and Tongi and, and and even Sonny, I suppose, you know, that it's a bit of a surprise that Lamella is another one that you think these players could have been, could have been in the squad. But, you know, over the course of the next couple of games, be it Colchester or NK Dons, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see them. But I think like, like a lot of clubs, it will be a, another difficult pre-season and there'll be a lot of clubs going into match day one undercooked because I, I think Kane, for instance, won't come back until that mind series has finished. The Charity Shield will have been played. So, you know, Manchester City, the likes of Foden and Walker and that won't, won't, they won't be ready perhaps for the first game of the season at Tottenham. So it'll be interesting to see how our various clubs handle that. And, uh, you know, perhaps it's, it is a good time to be playing one or two of the, the bigger clubs because they'll, they'll all be undercooked, I think, in the first, that first break when you go into, first international breaks, what, first week of September or something usually, isn't it? I think it will be, you know, there'll be uh, some some strange team selections right the way through to that that international break. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to pick up on that point because, you know, a lot of players will be returning from the Euro. So um, maybe it is the best time to play Man City. Time won't really tell. Jamie, coming back round to you, I do want to talk about Dane Scarlett because it was a great finish. Actually, a great move from Tottenham, it has yeah. to be said. He latched onto a lovely through ball from Lucas Moura. And when I watched it back, you know, Moura, it was actually a, a great assist from Moura. Lovely touch. Yeah. It was free-flowing football, started by Harry Winks. I'm sure Andy Costa will be happy to hear that. Um, Jay, for you, Dane Scarlett, you said there we've got to, you know, in a way, keep our feet on the mm. ground. Very young kid. Do you think, is it too early to consider him ahead of the new season in terms of being in the squad? Um, well, I, I remember last year, it was in one of the Europa League matches, Jose Mourinho was speaking after the game and he was saying that he, he thinks that he'll be part of the squad next year. Um, I, I think, as I said, I think what one thing that really does strike me about um, Dane Scarlett is he does genuinely seem really level-headed. Um, he seems like a fantastic professional, as I said. His, I remember reading about him in terms of the support that he has around him. You know, his, his support network seems fantastic, keeps him really grounded. So I think that's something that's really, really key in young players in terms of um, really always t- taking that opportunity, having the right attitude to just keep developing. Um, and at 17, I mean, he, he does. He just looks, you know, physically, he looks like he's already there. Um, and I, I think someone else pointed out on Twitter yesterday, he just, every time he kind of makes that step up to the next level in terms of under 23s and senior football, he just kind of seems to look completely unfazed. And, you know, sometimes some of these younger players that come through, we saw with Rashford, they just instantly take to it. And yesterday I thought it was, it was an impressive performance by him. Yes, again, it was against Leighton Orient that has to be definitely caveated, but I think the finish was, was fantastic from him yesterday. It was just a really nice composed finish. Um, so I think it'd be nice to see him get at the occasional minutes. I don't think he'll be a regular fixture in in kind of the um, in the squad, but you're sure to see him get minutes in the FA Cup, the the League Cup, and, and potentially the uh, Europa League Conference. So there'll definitely be minutes for him because he he definitely seems like a player that's that's capable of playing senior football now. But um, yeah, I'm, so I'm sure we'll see him this season. As he jumps ahead of Parrot. I think well. I think potentially he has. I mean, Parrot obviously had a. I think he had a difficult year last year, didn't he? On on loan, so that that seems to be as though I, I think Troy Parrot will be sent out on loan and will kind of get those minutes. Um, but because last year he just had a real non-existent season because of injuries as well, so I think Parrot definitely needs needs to go out on loan. But for me, I just because I just think the attitude thing at, at, at that young age is is something that's really important and. Um, Dane Scarlett just seems to have that. So I think he's a guy you definitely can keep around the first team. And I, I think he potentially has. Again, I'm not 
a complete expert on it, but uh, in terms of understanding the youth team and, and knowing all about him. But from what I've seen of him, really, really impressive. Jamie, uh, Jace, let's come out of you. Dane Scarlett, 17 years of age. Is he too young to be part of Nuno's squad next season? Or Nuno's well, plans for next season coming up? It's a question. If he's, if he's good enough, mm. is he physically strong enough? Because... You know, age age itself is no barrier. We saw Rooney come into an Everton squad at 17 or 16, wasn't he? We made his debut. And, um, great point, great you know, point. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's whether you're physically able to to come on and if you can use him for 10 minutes of games where you're ideally 3-0 up in and things like that, do you give him those minutes? That's, that's an interesting thing with, with Parrot. But it, it also, do you put him into Pig Farmers Division 2 games? And, um, you know, we really don't want Harry Kane troopsing around in those games, do we? Unless he wants to break the club goal scoring record, in which case he'll get eight a game. But, you know, whether there'll be valued goals or not. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see, do we look at that competition as a youth development competition? Or are we going to send first team players all around mm. Europe and then, then watch our league form suffer on a Sunday? So, you know, to me, there is the opportunity to give Parrots and Sirkins and and Dane Scarlett's and Alfie Devines and Jamie Bowden's and players like that. There is the opportunity there and, and to give one or two of the first team squad that aren't playing regularly. So if the Sunday's going to be reggae on, you send Ben Davis, but you don't send Harry Kane and Hyunmin Son and players like that into Pig Farmers Division 2 games. Uh, I, I think I think on Dane Scarlett, I'm sure we'll know kind of um, uh, towards the end of pre-season whether he'll be involved because I'm sure then Nuno have got a chance to really see what he yeah. can do and whether he actually is ready so I think kind of now and, and a lot of the first team players will be back by then so exactly. maybe Sonny will play yeah. up front maybe Bergwijn maybe Mora and things like that so yeah but yeah he took his took an opportunity to shine yesterday as did Noel yeah. John and, and let's just you know let's learn from we were all calling for Parrot to play and and, and look it's how it's true. gone so far. and that's not right yeah. in, uh, that's not right in uh, Parrot off but calm ourselves down a little bit. Well, let's get all the way back, isn't it, to Colchester? Uh, at the time, yeah. was it, under Pochettino, exactly. we were going clamouring for Parrot to start. And, you know, you saw, not saying the kid wasn't good enough, but, it, you know, it takes time. It takes time. You know, Harry Kane, how many loans did Harry Kane have before he came back mm. to Tottenham? Did ever exactly. so well and broke through. It does take its time. Uh, Orin did get back level on terms and earned a draw through Rule Sotiru in the 72nd minute from an individual run and finish. Um, noise is coming out of the club, Jason. I'm sure you'll be quite happy about this. Is that Nuno will move away from the three-man defence that he had at Wolves and he'll be more looking to play an attacking brand of football that is generally... Well, I say associated with Nuno's sides. You go back to Valencia, that was a very attacking brand of football. I'm sure you'd be happy about that, Jace, if that does materialise. Yep, front foot, that's all I ask. Transition year, I can accept. Pig Farmers Division 2, I can accept. But I, I cannot watch us play at home to teams in the bottom three with mm. 10 men behind the ball holding on to a 1-0 lead. Yeah. And uh, I don't care if we see the game out and win it 1-0. I don't want to see that. Not no. from a Tottenham Hotspur side. So no, front foot, whether we're home or away, get on that front foot. And if it's going to be transition, make it an enjoyable transition, not one where we sit there and think, oh my God, we're on telly this afternoon or I've just paid £60 a ticket and I'm going to watch a 10-man defence. No thanks. Well, I think like you just said, as long as we can see the, the idea and the concept behind the way the team are going to play, I think that will be something that as Spurs fans, we can you know try and latch onto because I've got to say, I've been very impressed with him so I far. Keep, I keep saying... I keep saying, Rick, we have to accept it's going to be a transition year. Of course, yeah. We have to accept it's a new man in and there yeah. will be, 
just as there is under anyone, just as there was under Poch that first season. Yeah. There will be the day that we go to, I don't know, Brentford or somewhere yeah. like that, get beat 2-0 with a really poor performance. And we're just going to have to suck that up and, yeah. and keep our heads and not not go into meltdown and, and demand this and that. It's, that's that's what happens in every transition season, yeah. at every club under any manager. And yeah. we, we just have to accept that. It's it's not, not something we want to see, but there's going to be some good days, but there will be some bad ones. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not losing your heads when those bad ones come along because there will yeah. be times you look at it and think, what are we trying to do here? There was yeah. under Pochettino, I can remember yeah. going up to, early. Up to the Villa, up lost, to the Villa game, the Villa game, wasn't we lost, it? I mean, well, yeah. We lost 1-0 at home to West Brom yeah. in that season to a, yeah. a poor West Brom. I think they scored with a header from a corner. I think we barely had a shot on target. And you're thinking, what are we trying to do here? But, yeah. you know, that's the path you have to go down, I'm afraid. Mm. Jay, one thing we've been, we've been reported and seen is that Nuno has been keeping a large distance from the players, evaluating whether they are part of his plans. Over the next couple of weeks, apparently he's going to sit mm. down with those futures that are uncertain and look to make a call. Do you think it's all a case now, Jay, of being decisive in terms of players that he wants to move on? I mean, the good thing about Nuno, I will say, is that he has been in the Premier League for you know a, a good few years. So he would have yeah. come across these players yeah. you know, in terms of you know trying to build a plan against them for an opposition perspective. He must already, though, Jay, have a feeling about the players that he knows that he wants to work with and those that he feels maybe isn't in his plans. Yeah, well, that, uh, this is the one thing as well with Paratici that I really hope that he's been he's been brought in for in terms of knowing that they need to go and rebuild that squad. Um, I just hope as the club that they'll accept having to sell some players and and maybe taking a hit on some players in terms of not getting quite the fee they wanted because there is a real need for a clear out um, of this team. So hopefully they will be ruthless. Hopefully that Paratici um, will go and kind of really offload players. But look... He, the only way he's going to be able to seemingly the only way he's going to be able to bring in new players and kind of refresh this team and improve in areas is by selling players. So they've got to be ruthless um, in terms of getting rid of players. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully it happens quickly because, of course, we're only a couple of weeks away now from the season. Um, and there's lots of players here that are still here that we, do, we don't particularly want to be here still. Um, so hopefully they kind of get a, get a hurry on with it. Um, and, and we see kind of Spurs being ruthless in selling players. That's something that's let us down so much. Over recent years, that's why I've been on such a decline because we we haven't refreshed this team and we've kept too many of the players that are so happy to be here, collect a wage. Um, I think Eric Lamella is a perfect example of that, someone who's you know just happy to accept a squad role. We need to go and refresh this squad. I really hope they're ruthless. And um, yeah, as, as you said, I think that that does help that he has been in the Premier League. He's, he has played against some of them. So I just hope over the next couple of weeks we are ruthless in terms of clearing out the squad. Well, it has it, doesn't it? You feel if Spurs do want to find a way forward, it does start with a squad. And that's where we're going to next. We're going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we do this show every season. It's the keep or sell or loan. Which players are you looking to sell? Which players are we going to keep in? And those going out on loan. Take you into this break. You're going to be hearing from Nuno Spirito Santo, who's giving his thoughts on the back of that 1-1 draw against Leighton Orient. And also Joe Hart and Lily King give their thoughts as well. Do not go anywhere. We're back after our first break of the show. Nuno, 1-1 against Leighton Orient. What was your assessment of the game today? It was a game that we, we proposed ourselves to compete, to play inside the week that was very tough for the players, but uh, good. The players have worked very, very hard. Um, it's a process that's going to take time um, to get things together, but as things go, go by, happy, happy, because the commitment was, was there. They run, and now they have a good day off and also to reflect and prepare prepare the next week. 
always at this time of year you've got a mixture of senior and young players. Were you happy with the way that they gelled and the young lads got uh, got involved with the first team? The, the, the help of the under-23s is so important for us because they allowed us to, to do good training sessions, to allow us to have numbers and bodies to, to work and to try and mix the first team that, that, that played was a mix of young players that we think we really believe that they can make this step and help us. Uh, and then the other, the rest of the group with Dean, um, it's a big help for us, big help, especially with players arriving from international um, national teams and coming gradually. So we need all the under 23s, is, is, and I'm, we are very thankful for it. Thanks, Nuno. Cheers. Thank you. Um, we're live now on Spurs TV, so fans watching you all over the world. Um, how was your first run out? How did you find it today? It was all right. It was um, obviously it's difficult. A lot of the boys have been playing in competition this year, so bit of a depleted squad but I thought the guys who were here put on a good show yeah we've not been training long so it's, it's more of an exercise today and obviously a good day for Leighton Orient and just tell us a little bit about training so far how have you found the new setup how are people settling in yeah strong um, quite resilient in football new managers come and everyone's ready to work um, you know we, we, we want to start building something here I feel like we need to be um, our foundations need to be strong they need to be stronger if we're going to do anything so looking to build that now um, and hopefully have a good season. Just on a personal level, what's the sort of ambitions for you going into this season? Obviously a very difficult question given that this is just the first game of pre-season, but what thoughts do you have now about what this team can achieve? Uh, to show up first and foremost, we need to show up. Um, we're going to have that added incentive or some people will see it as a pressure of fans coming back and we've got to perform. We're a, we're a club that is all set up to go somewhere and, it's, and, it, and it hasn't. So um, I think the new manager understands that. Us as players really need to take that responsibility a, a little bit more, I feel. Yeah, and, and Lenny, we were talking a little bit earlier on about some of the younger players that are here as well. It's a, it's a great opportunity over the course of the next few weeks, isn't it, to see some of them potentially, as Joe, Joe said, show that there's an opportunity to perform there and maybe play their way into the squad. Yes, yeah, a great opportunity for the, the young lads early on to, to get some game time, to show the manager what they're capable of, uh, to make sure that they're in his thoughts moving forward. And, uh, you know, as we saw Dane, Dane scoring his goal today, will do him the world of good. And Joe, just tell us, who have you been impressed with? Have you been impressed with the young players in particular and the, their attitude and their application today? Yeah, definitely. I think there was, I said it before, there's two ways of looking at it. You know, people can feel sorry for themselves and say we're filling the space whilst the other boys come back. Well, like Led said there, you can see it as a real opportunity to um, to make a name for yourself. Maybe not on the on the world stage of football that we all dream of, but in the in the Tottenham Hotspur manager's eyes, you're playing, you're representing the first team. You know, you're going to be playing in front of the likes of the guys that are watching this now. Um, it's, it's a big opportunity and, and you've, you can only see it as that as a young player. And uh, yeah, I like these guys. I like them a lot. Um, they get their heads down. They work. Um, there's obviously there's a super talent in Dane. You know, Niall's really impressing. Um, real good, solid core coming through at Spurs. But, you know, there's, there's plenty of good players out there. It's about taking that next step. Amazing. Thank you so much, Joe. And uh, enjoy the rest of pre-season. We'll see you again very soon. All right. Pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers Thanks so much. And welcome back to the second part of the last word on Spurs. This is where the show really gets going. You heard the MF music in the background there. 
Right, it's time to really look at this squad. Uh, it's not pretty for some, maybe looking at the time of this squad, but it's time to really debate about the players that we're looking to keep, sell or loan. And, you know, I feel like, you know, not much has really changed over the past couple of seasons. I've got to be honest with you guys. You look at this squad, really, of course, there's been a few additions. But when you look at the whole and, you know, Jamie, you say there as well, you, you can tell the squad really, it's, as we've always said, it's in real need of a real replenish. And we use that word refurbishment, but there's a real need to refresh this squad now and give Nuno the tools that he needs to really help push Spurs on. The first place we've got to start, of course, is Hugo Lloris. And Jace will come through to you on this point because Hugo, his contract is now approaching its final 12 months. Got to say, Lloris has probably been one of Spurs' most consistent performers last season. Spurs will want him to stay. There's been reports that they're going to be offering him a new deal. At the very least, the 34-year-old should help them put off trying to find a keeper until next summer. For you, Jace, at the moment, Hugo Lloris, keep or sell? Hugo's the one that I... I have the most difficulty with. I'm a, I've all from day one, I've been a massive Hugo fan. I still am. I don't think we'll get anywhere near as good a goalkeeper as Hugo. I think we might get a goalkeeper that makes slightly less mistakes, but if he makes three less mistakes, but 10 less saves, there's seven more goals you've let in. And Hugo makes a hell of a lot more saves than most goalkeepers. So that's, that's a part of it. I suppose if you want to play out from the back, you have to look at, Hugo's ability with his feet and that's his biggest weakness and you have definitely got to take a look long term at who's going to who's going to succeed Hugo but I mean for me if I'm selling 20 then Hugo isn't in the first 20 I'm selling because there there are far more areas to address than as a goalkeeper so for me no um, but if it's an extension of his contract just to keep some value or, or something like that I, I'm, I'm quite happy to do that so no for me I'd, I'd keep Hugo like I say, I don't think we'll get as goalkeeper anywhere near as good as Hugo yeah. again. Let's come around to you. We've seen Spurs with some some strong links from Italy for Piluigi Gollini as a potential replacement for Hugo Lloris. Mm. Hugo, do you think he's still going to have a 12 months and beyond that at Spurs or would he be someone you're looking now to potentially look to upgrade on? I'm not yeah. sure that goalkeeper would be an upgrade, but thoughts on Hugo Lloris, keep or sell? I'm exactly the same in Jason in terms of being a massive fan of Hugo Lloris. I think we have been incredibly lucky to have the French number one um, as our number one. Um, yes, as, as we know, he does make mistakes here and now, but as, as Jason pointed out, he's a fantastic shop stopper. For me, he's definitely one of the very top sh shop stoppers in the world. Um, so I think it's going to be very difficult to go and replace him. Um, however, he does have 12 months left on his contract. And of course, as we know, in terms of the way that Spurs are run, we have to sell players in order to go and refresh the team. So just, just going by the way that Spurs are run, I think it's important that we kind of get some sort of fee for him. You know, next year, we don't have to be selling potentially a right back or a centre midfielder in order to go and fund a move for a goalkeeper. So for me, if you can go and get some sort of fee for Hugo Lloris to maybe go and, uh, and sign another goalkeeper who's more long-term option, then I would go and do that. But um, I, I struggled to really, really struggle. And I, I, I almost think, I don't think we will get a, a goalkeeper who's as good as Lloris. Um, I think potentially you're just looking at someone who, as Jason said, better with their feet, um, someone who's going to be younger, someone who's more long-term. So for me, I would personally sell him if we can, just to go and kind of um, get some money to go and, and buy a new goalkeeper. But as I said, very, very difficult to, to kind of find that quality replacement for Lloris. Joseph, let's come around to you next. Joe Hart, a big voice in that dressing room, we're led to believe, and has plenty of experience to pass on. Also has another year left. Many will probably say he's worth keeping around. What's your thoughts on Joe Hart? Would you be keeping Joe Hart at this stage? Um, if, if he finds a club that he wants to go to, he can go. 
Um, I think, you know, you're not going to get any sell value on Joe Hart. I think if he'll play Pig Farmers Division 2, but I'd sooner see Whiteman play if we keep hold of Whiteman, unless we don't loan Whiteman out. I, I want to see those young players in, in that competition. So and that, that takes away the, the opportunities for Joe Hart as well. So, you know, you might play him in the odd Carling Cup game, but I'd even, you know, if we're playing, I don't know, Rochdale in the Carling Cup, I'd still sooner see Whiteman playing those. So, I'd, you know, you need a decent backup goalkeeper, I suppose, just in case Hugo was to get injured for the for a for a, a big chunk of the Premier League season. But you know, if Joe Hart gets an offer from wherever, I'd I'd let him let him move on. Jay, for you, Joe Hart. What's your thoughts on Joe Hart? Would you be keeping him around just the twelve months left? But again, you know, many speak about the experience that he brings to this Spurs squad, yeah. and I've seen him, you know, really kind of helping the youngsters out of the football club. Yeah, I, I do still think having that kind of that head around the dressing room who's, who's kind of won stuff, I do think that, that is important to have that. Um, obviously, I think the, the problem is, is that he, he just hasn't been good enough when he's had those opportunities. I don't think he's been a particularly fantastic goalkeeper. However, I think when we go and play in the Europa League conference, you, you would have thought that the opposition, even, even someone like Joe Hart, should be kind of, you know, holding his own in those sort of competitions. So, I think he is someone that I'd keep around as well. I think, you know, for the last couple of years, obviously we've had three, we've had three keepers all who are non-homegrown players. So I think it's important to, to kind of have a keeper who's potentially a third option or second option um, as someone who is homegrown. So for me, I, I probably would keep him around for his, the last year of his contract. But for me, in terms of the quality, he's just not, I don't think he's quite good enough. And he's not someone that I have great confidence in if he was to, to play, which is a worry. Question to you both. Alfie Whiteman, just 22 years old, made his debut last season in Europa League. If he's going to, you know, try and push on now, obviously there's no Gazaniga anymore. Obviously we let Gazaniga go. Um, do you think he's there just as an adequate backup as a third option? Would you both guys maybe looking to keep him around just as a third keeper or maybe let him go on loan? Well, like I said, I think it, it, it depends on how they view that competition. If they view that, he's got six games in that. He's probably got two or three games in the Carabao Cup. So there's nine games between here and Christmas. And then you you reevaluate the, the, the situation in the January window. Hopefully he does enough in those games that, I don't know, Cardiff City or Shrewsbury Town or whatever see enough of him and think, right, we could do with this goalkeeper coming in every week mm. and you might load him in that second half of the season. But for the, for the initial part, I'd let him play as many games as I could do. Hmm. I just think in fairness as well, there aren't actually many top quality. I don't think many clubs actually have a top quality second choice goalkeeper as well. So I think if you were to fill it with any kind of any goalkeeper, you would want to fill it with someone who's homegrown so that you don't you're not wasting um, other areas of the squad in filling in taking up a non homegrown spot um, on the, on a third or second choice keeper. So I think I'd, I'd probably keep those two around the two English keepers around just so we're not filling up that. Um, when we're filling up that uh, homegrown quota, um, that those that probably be the reasons. But in terms of quality, I don't think they'd fill you with great confidence either of them um, if they were had to be called upon in in competitive matches. Agree. So, guys, that's the goalkeepers done. Like I say, it looks like it'll be another season here for Hugo at the very minimum. Let's look at Spurs's defence. One one of a one of sell, the sell, 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 and sell. <laughs> Well, listen, this one should be an easy one, the first one. Sergio Aurea. Tesco's jobby, this is. <laughs> Obviously, he's in the in the first half of the campaign last season. He, I thought he looked okay. He impressed, but his performances were mixed as the season went on. 
12 months left on his contract. He's never stopped to try and give his thoughts about getting a move away from Tottenham. He may finally get his move that he wants this summer. I'm sure as Spurs fans, we're looking forward to hopefully him departing. Jace, I'm sure he'd be one that you'd be looking to move on fairly swiftly. Yep, Sell, never been good enough. Always made too many mistakes. Had the odd good game. Uh, has some ability, but nowhere near enough for what we need. A player that wants to leave. If the club really wanted him around, they would have sorted out a new contract for him. The fact that they're quite happy for him to let it go into his last year. I think he'll be gone by the time the, the transfer window shuts and no one will be crying that he has gone. Mm. Jamie, same for you, Serge Aurea. Right time to go? Yeah, I, look, he's a player who does have a lot of ability. That's why he's played for these top clubs. The, the, the issue with, with him is that he's so erratic and we see so many mistakes being made. Um, he's not a guy who's, who's consistent at all. Um, as we said, we have the old performance here and there, but that's not good enough for Spurs. And I think that Spurs have too many of those players in that squad where they'll have one or two good games and then for a number of games, they just won't perform well at all. Um, but as, as we know, Ori is a guy who has a lot of mistakes in him. So for me, and of course, as you said, he's, he's been very vocal in terms of wanting out. And I, I don't think you can want players at the club that, that don't want to be here. I think that that's really bad to have those sort of people around the dressing room. So... He's definitely one that I look to sell. Um, and we, we need to upgrade the right back anyway. For me, I, I really want to see that area improved upon this summer. So definitely to sell. One, one thing I will say for him, and that doesn't affect whether you sell him or not, but I think the players will miss him because he, he does seem the, the you character. know, every every company needs needs the character, the laugh and the joke. And yeah. that maybe when you've, you've had a bad result, he'll come in and do something crazy and lift the spirits and that. So in that respect, I think the players will miss him personally but you know we won't be missing him on the pitch that's for sure yeah I, I, I think that's important to know because I think a lot of people will very harshly say he's not a character that you want in the dressing room but actually I think Jason's right he is he actually probably is one of those characters you want he does always seem to be kind of the life of the dressing room he seems like a fantastic character really really nice guy um, but as a footballer I, I just don't think he's quite he's just not at the level that Spurs want and consistently he doesn't produce so he, he is one I would look to sell Next one's an interesting one because probably the opinion has shifted over the course of this summer. That's Matt Doherty. Now, he's struggled to replicate his form at Wolves um, since his move to Spurs. It has to be said he isn't playing as an out-and-out wing-back, which he was used to at Wolves. His final performance of the season was at Leicester. His first start in a couple of months was a good one. And hopefully it sends signals that, like many players, he will adapt to his new role and the club in the second season. Of course, it's going to be boosted by Nuno being here. who he knows him very well, got the best out of him as a player. Jason, has your opinion shifted at all, Matt Doherty? Because I think, you know, many fans probably would have thought, Do you know what, with summer coming, let him go. With the way Nuno really did kind of take Doherty on to become the fullback, which was the reason why we went and bought him. Does that give you some hope and optimism that he could become the fullback we want in this second season I, for him? I think under a second season, under any new manager, I might have given him one more. But I think the fact that Nuno's in, he's the one player that we automatically assume should, should take the maximum benefit from. So... Let's let's see. I mean, he's got to feel a lot better seeing Nuno come through the door. I'm sure all the players have been in his ear. What's it like? What's it like? As soon as soon as Nuno's Nuno was appointed, so. But you know, I, I think he, his big success was as a wing back, and he still has to convince as a right back. And if yeah. if Nuno goes to a four, but the personnel we've got, I think both Reggion and 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 Doherty suit being in a three, and perhaps the defenders we've got suit being in a. As, as playing with three centre backs, so I still think yeah. the personnel we've got might suit playing with the with the wing back system. But um, in mm. which case he should thrive in it. So yes, I'd keep. But that's not 
just because of Nuno coming out, I probably would have kept him anyway. But the jury's out on his performance. He needs a big, big improvement for sure. Yeah. Would you have kept him, Jay? Would you have kept Matt Doherty to start um, if Nuno was here? I, just, uh, I think my opinion on him has definitely changed just because Nuno's come in and we know how well he did. Um, I think under Mourinho, he was he just did not suit as being a defensive fullback. I mean, we saw him early on under Jose Mourinho. You saw how high he was getting forward. And he, you know, he's obviously a guy who is much more of an attacking fullback. Um, however, obviously, we're not playing with the three at the back and he's going to be actually an out-and-out right back. That'll be interesting to see kind of how Nuno's going to use those fullbacks. As, as Jason said, I think he's spot on in terms of, I think the fullbacks that we have perfectly suit a back three. And I, I do also believe that a back three can be attacking if you use the fullbacks in the right way, use the centre midfielders in the right way. I still think that's an attacking formation because you see how good Regulon is that getting forward and kind of the chances he can create. Matt Doherty um, scored a lot of goals for Wolves and uh, was able to get forward. So, you know, these are all fantastic attacking wing-backs. So I would like to see us potentially um, experiment with a back three because I think we've got the personnel for it. But um, it'll be interesting to see if we do use a back four, how, how, what kind of the licence Matt Doherty has to get forward because I think defensively leaves a lot to be kind of desired. But attacking-wise, we know what he's capable of and... Uh, He's clearly a player that loves to do that and was really kind of held held back by Jose Mourinho because we saw the way Mourinho had the, he had even the wingers uh, the wingers trying to defend at times. So um, I, I, for me, I'd definitely give I'd definitely give him another chance under Nuno for sure. Let's keep our hope that you know he can become the fullback that we all want him to. Um, next player, one that we haven't really seen that much of, so we'll probably debate maybe alone's best for him, and that's Marcel Lavinia, the former Chelsea right-back, joined Spurs last season. He made his senior debut for Spurs from the bench against Wolfsburger in the Europa League, just 20 years of age. Do we both agree, guys, probably alone's best for this guy to kind of get that development underway? Yeah, if, if anything, yeah, I mean... You know, I don't think he's knocking on the, the, the first-team door like, like, say, Sirkin would be or something, so... Um, mm. Yeah, you know, loan out or if he's still there, so be it. But uh, you know, I, John, John, always with some of these young players, John, John knows a lot more than we. Yeah, really. agree. Yeah, let's, let's not pretend that we know a lot about them. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I definitely echo that from Jason. But I mean, he's, he, I think he's twenty years old now, and he's not a guy that's really particularly uh, made many impressions. So um, I, I think from speaking to John, I think it's kind of more. Um, an opportunity Spurs I think they signed him for a very 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 small fee if not nothing um, from Chelsea so um, I think it was kind of more of an opportunity to kind of get a, a good fee for him eventually but he's not a player who I think is knocking him on the first team door so I think either a loan or, or potentially a, a permanent move away but I think I think at this stage it'll be a loan move so I think loan him out for sure. Yeah agree this next one will be interesting only because I think we're all going to agree that he should be here. But let's see what you guys think about what he can do in that second season. And that's Sergio Regulon. Made a big impression at Spurs very early on. Uh, Jace did struggle after turning from an injury in January. And unless Madrid unexpectedly move in with their buyback clause, Spurs won't be in a hurry to let him go. So, I mean, we can cut to the chase. We know we're all going to probably want to keep him. So what do you want to see, Jace, from his second season that's going to make you think, well... That's the fullback that everyone's going to be wanting. Not that we want to sell him, but what's going to take him to that next level for you? I want to see massive improvement defensively. I want to see composure defensively. Um, the, the the own goal was it against Villa? I can't remember the own goal at the end of the season where he yeah. slashed at a ball. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, too often found wanting defensively. Uh, I think he almost scored an own goal at Leeds as well, didn't he? It did, didn't, yeah. didn't Leeds score with, with yeah. one of his howlers? Yeah. Um, as the season went on, his form dipped. We saw less of him going forward. Uh, defensively, it was a mess come the end of the season. Big, yeah. big, big improvements. And I tell you what, there is no chance of Real Madrid coming back for, to buy him out at the moment. Yeah. At the moment. I mean, they've just signed David Alabar, haven't they? Real yeah, Madrid. I mean, that, that, clause, that clause also is, is only available for a, a year to a certain or, time. They're not, but, yeah. but when they've signed David Alabar on a free and you can sign Reggie on for 40 million, no brainer. Absolute no. no brainer. So he's got a lot of work. To, we saw early in his career the ability that he had going forward. He has to show that yeah. a lot more and a lot more consistently. But my God, does he have some work to do defensively? Yeah. Jay, what did you make of it? Because he did start so, so strong. I mean, I was, yeah. we were getting carried away saying this guy is probably one of the best fullbacks in the league. But then suddenly he had that injury. Never really returned to being the same player. But what I must say as well is that in between that, of course, he's had two different managers in Ryan Mason, Jose Mourinho. And of course, we yeah. knew the amount effect that had on the squad at Mourinho and the Wales. He put the, some would say put pressure on players and some players, you know, just didn't really fit well into that system towards the second half of the season. What do you want yeah. to see for you, Jen? It's going to give you the confidence that, you know, this guy's going to make it with Tottenham. Oh, yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Reguilon. I think he is a fantastic fullback on his day and when he's at his very best, when he's fully confident. But for me, I do put it down to the fact that he was working under Jose Mourinho. And I think that that was a manager who completely shot his confidence. Um, as, as I said, he, he kind of the way that he used the fullbacks, he completely kind of shackled them and made them very defensive players. And as we know, as Jason pointed out, Reguilon isn't quite good enough defensively at the moment. So I think at that because we were relying so heavily on him being defensive, all his flaws were kind of always exposed. Um, and as we saw, gradually kept getting worse and worse. And for me, that was because he lost confidence every every week after he'd have a after he'd had to do more defensive work. So for me, I'd like to see Nuno using him as more of an attacking fullback. But as he said, he does need to improve defensively. But going forwards, um, I think there's a fantastic player in there. Um, hopefully, he can regain his confidence because at Sevilla. I thought he was absolutely fantastic getting forward. You know, you saw his ability to take on players um, and create chances. I think we saw at the start of the season, um, he was fantastic at creating chances. So for me, I'm really excited to see him kind of under a new manager because I think he needs to kind of rediscover his confidence because under Jose Mourinho, I think that was completely and utterly shot. Um, and then I think it got even worse when when Ryan Mason came in. I think, I think he was really happy to sign for Jose Mourinho and that's why he joined Spurs because of Jose Mourinho being there. Um, so I think to see Jose Mourinho leave would have would have really hit him as well. Um, so uh, a big season for Regulon, but I, I have a lot of confidence it will come good again. Fingers crossed. Now uh, the next guy, my uh, six out of ten when he does play, Gentle Ben. Jason's laughing. Jace, you know he ended the season actually, Ben, with four assists, one goal to his name, and it's always an important squad player loved by managers. You know as much as um, what, what, what was Regulon's in the end, assists and goals. I don't I don't have them to hand. I, I would I, I don't know off the top of my head. We can try and do a, do a look up on that whilst we talk about Ben for a second. Um, Premier League. You'll, we'll look at we'll look that up as we as we're going here. But just out of interest, Jace with Davis, you know he might not be everyone's cup of tea, but his versatility and importance to the squad across a whole season is often overlooked. You know his future could be tied into what Tottenham want to do, maybe with Sessegnon. But it would leave Spurs with two inexperienced left backs if he was allowed to leave. Now, I think I've made it very clear that, you know, Ben Davis, as much as I really like the guy, I think if Spurs want to be at that elite level where they want to be competing for top four and beyond that, 
I'm not sure Ben's going to be the answer to Spurs' long-term solution. What do you think? Would you be looking to let Ben go? Or do you think now there's a role with Nuno and the three at the back, does that change your mind on Davis? If you ever had your mind changed on him? It's, it's a difficult one because we all know he's not good enough. We all know he's not the player we 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 really want. And the fact that he's, he's in his, what, his eighth year, seventh year, eighth year, I don't know, and he's still not our, our first choice left back, tells you he's not good enough. Um, if Nuno goes to a back three, can he play the left centre half as he does for Wales? Quite possibly. And you don't need necessarily need the aerial power that you used to do. Would he be a help to Roden? Probably would be. Um, if he plays as a left back, it'll be interesting to see what Reggion's assists and that were, because I, I bet they're not actually that much in front of Ben Davis's. Yeah. So, um, so Ben Davis scored one goal. Um, Sergio Reggion didn't score at all. Um, ben Davis got four assists in all competitions and Regulon got six. So only right, two so more. That's two more assists. But I tell you what, Ben Davis is a miles better defender than Regulon. And he's, Ben Davis is not a great defender, but he's miles better. So I think, in terms of this, I mean, we are not going to sell 20 players like I'd want us to do. So I can see him being around. But I, I think if, if somebody came along and said he's 20 million, you'd take it, wouldn't you? Let's yeah. be honest. You'd, you'd bite the hands off for it. So I'm. Um, yeah. You know, I, I want to see Ben. I think Ben Davis's time is up at Tottenham, but yep. there yep. might be other areas, or there there might be other players on my target list to get rid of before I'd reach Ben Davis. I don't know about you, Jay. Do you not think it's a case where Spurs they need to be utterly ruthless? And if there's an opportunity to move a, a player of them of Ben Davis's caliber yep. on, no offense yep. to Ben Davis, I just think he's a player that, as Jason mentioned, been probably around Spurs far too oh, far too long being brutally yeah. honest with you, in terms of what Spurs is, Spurs want to achieve and where they want to go, we should be looking at more of a, a level above, should I say? And that's no disrespect to Ben Davis, but do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, I'm, I do. I do agree. And if, if a fee, I would personally, I would sell him if we were to get the right sort of offer for him. Um, he's definitely a player that I look to get out the door because we said, you know, six out of 10. I, I, I think that sums him up perfectly. He's not, he's a guy who, who potentially is more consistent player, but he's consistently at a level that Spurs don't really we want to be better than that level however I think also it comes down to who's going to want to sit as an understudy to Regulon for Spurs you know you're not going to win many trophies the wages aren't going to be fantastic so you know I wonder whether you actually could upgrade on Ben Davis in terms of getting a fullback that's going to want to sit on the bench um, I think it's a great point as well that he can fill in that left side of centre-back um, you know if Nuno wanted to switch to that he's done that very well for Wales um, so potentially that you know he's, he is a decent squad player and uh you know, sometimes you do need that. So um, if we were to get the right off for him, I'd sell him. But, uh, you know, I, I'd be fine if, uh, if Ben Davis was to stay. I think that's a good point you make, Jamie. Depending on how much you get for him, mm. if you've got 12 million for him, for instance, and you think, OK, we'll take that. What can you actually get for the 12 million that's going to be any better than him? That's, yeah. that's, the, that's your problem. We just seen Ben White go for 50 million. So, you know... <laughs> You know, that, that's that's the, the balancing act. So, like I say, he's, he'd be on my list to get rid of and I won't cry when he leaves, but he's not he's not on the top of the list to get rid of. No. One guy certainly won't be on the top of this list. It's Ryan Sessignon, 21 years old, of course, and needs to continue to play regular first-team football to continue his development. Whether that comes as a left-back, as Mourinho saw him, or in a more attacking role, that's yet to be decided. Had a good season, a, a good loan season with Hoffenheim, to be fair. Um, he's got a long contract as well, so he can afford to head out again if needed. Uh, thoughts for you, Jason? A lot of hype around Sessi Young ahead of the season ahead with obviously a new manager in Nuno who wants to play that favoured um, you know, formation. Could he, 
Ryan Sessignon benefit from that? I was really excited when we signed Ryan Sessignon. Uh, let's be honest, when we when we signed him, um, there were plenty of clubs in England that were looking to sign Ryan Sessignon. I think he'll have benefited from a year away and I think he'll particularly, he'll have benefited all, uh, with a year away from Mourinho because perhaps he's not the the one that likes the tough loving. Perhaps he's more of a Luke Shaw that just, you know, needs to be left alone. Um, I actually think if we go with a back three and it's the wing back system, it suits him. And if it's a straight suit out between Sessignon and Reggion, I think Sessignon wins that shootout. So definitely I would be playing, I would be giving Sessignon as many chances as I've been giving Reggion. And I think Sessignon will end up, if, if that's how we go down, and come 12 months time, we've played with a left wing back. I think Sessignon come the end of the season will be higher up that list than, than Reggion. It's a very exciting choice there, isn't it, Jay? Uh, sorry, yeah. Jamie, come around to you to have the opportunity to maybe have, you know, Reggion one week, Sessignon another week with a lot of games for Spurs in terms of, you know, looking at it, Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, yeah. Europa Conference League. Um, lots and lots of fixtures there. Wouldn't it be great to be able to rotate those two? Yeah, I think he well, he had a, he got a number of minutes last year, made 29 appearances in total in kind of all competitions for Hoffenheim. Uh, he started 17 of the 23 uh, league matches which he played. So he, he was he kind of came quite favourable um, at Hoffenheim last season. He played predominantly as a left-back as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he is used. I think as an actual left-back, I would, I'd struggle to kind of see him, you know, handling the Premier League. Um but as a, as a wing-back, I think attacking-wise, that's where I think he's best suited. I think he's more of an attacking player than he is defensively. But, uh, you know, as I said, it does look like we're going to go to the back four. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where he fits in. But I'm sure over pre-season, I think, he, again, he's, he's another player we just haven't seen enough of over, over recent years in terms of knowing where his best position is going to be. So, yeah. you know, maybe come the end of pre-season, we'll know best where he suits, uh, best where he fits in. Um but I know as well the, the important part is, I think it was Alistair Gold pointed out in one of his pieces that uh, he was a player that Nuno looked to bring to Wolves at the time. So obviously uh, Nuno is already a fan of him. So that, that's good to hear. But as Jason said, I, I was a massive fan of, of Ryan Sessignon when he came in. He was very highly rated at Fulham. Um, I think he was playing more as an attacking player towards the end for Fulham as well. He was scoring goals. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult to see kind of where his best position is, let alone where he will fit in at Tottenham. So... Um, I think that's the thing. Kind of see how he gets on. I think that's the thing. We know he has far more of an eye for goal, and he looks composed when he gets in the areas. From we know that from from what he was for Fulham, he got twenty odd goals, and he I think for Fulham in one season. So mm -hmm. yeah. you know he's, he's got that that composure in front of goal. Mm. Um, Scored against Neuer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good finish. Yeah, exactly. Ball. And yeah. he took that goal really well, yeah. really well that day. Mm. A lovely half volley. So yeah, I, I, I. I I really, I think that the impression you get from what's been said at Tottenham, perhaps that the one thing he has to improve upon is his personality. Just that, that, that bit more dominant, bit more yeah. commanding in his personality. Yeah. Perhaps he needs to mature, and confidence will be part of that. But mm. I think Marine, I think he said last season, and he's saying he has to perhaps become a little bit more vocal. Perhaps he's a bit intimidated by some of the players around him. If he can let his personality grow, yeah. I think there's a lot of talent in Ryan Sessignon. It'll be interesting to see kind of how he how he's how he's got on after that spell at uh, at uh, Hoffenheim. I know a lot of players kind of talk about when they go to maybe for, I think Oliver Skip spoke about it when he went to Norwich, let alone going abroad. That mm. kind of you really grow up when you're that age. You really grow up when you go and live somewhere else and and kind of have that sort of experience where um, you're having to do everything. You're not kind of in your home environment. So 
um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he's matured as a player, having had that experience over in Germany. So, um, yeah, interested to see how Sessignon gets on this season. Agree. Another player that'll be interesting to see how he gets on will be Jaffet Tanganga. Jay's coming to you because, you know, injury problems have really ravaged the first half of the season for the 21-year-old and ended the campaign with an ankle ligament injury. Whenever he plays, though, he is looking so composed and the new manager will hopefully give him plenty of opportunities. Do you worry, Jace, that, you know, for all the talent that's there, if we can't keep him consistently fit, that's a big, big concern, isn't it, for any manager? You know, his fans looking at it, we, we, listen, he looks like a good player, but if we can't keep him fit, that's a big, big problem long term. Would he be a player that if there was a crazy audacious offer for him, you may consider it? Uh, well, I don't think you'll get the crazy audacious offer if he's not. I think, you know, other clubs will look at him and think he's not fit. He's not fit. You know what I talk about. <laughs> you know, in that group, how much I talk mm. about players being fit. Yeah. Players that you can think, we are playing this team next week. I want to pick my strongest team. And, oh, it's Thursday and this bloke's come off again. Or this mm. bloke. Yeah. You know, I, I know Jaffet perhaps has got young growing pains still. Um, but how old is Jaffet now? 22? Twenty, yeah. Uh, yeah, twenty-two. 22. So he shouldn't have the growing. Yeah. yeah, he shouldn't have those growing pains now. His body should have developed. He's been training with the first thing squad for two years. He's got to get himself fit. He's got to get. I, I look at Jaffet Tenganga, and I think from the player that made his debut against Liverpool, what eighteen months ago, he hasn't improved one bit. Mm. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way to him, no, no, but no, he's no, just yeah. not got a run of games to improve. He mm. should be eighteen months on, and he was brilliant in that game against Liverpool. And yeah. I, I think the talent's there. Yep. But he should be showing a bit more now than he was 18, 18 months, months ago. 18 months because on, he yep. plays two games and then he's missing for three weeks. Mm. And then he plays one game and he's missing for four weeks. And then, then he's got a calf injury and then he's got a back injury and then he's got an elbow. In, you know, and I think he had a, quite a poor game, didn't he, when he played at Newcastle last season. So, yep. you know, the, the jury's still out on him 18 months later. Is he good enough or not? He's got to get himself fit and prove he's, he's fit to play. And... Hopefully he can do that because I think there, there is a good player in him. But like I say, it's not used to you on the injury table constantly. Yeah. Jamie, coming around to you, would he be in Nuno's first 11 if fit? Um, no, uh, no, I don't think so. Because as, as, as Jason pointed out, it's not kind of, he's not developed enough or as the way we would have thought so. Um, it, the, the amount of injuries he has picked up is slightly concerning. You know, obviously he's had a, a back injury, he's had thigh, uh, he's had a thigh strain, he's had thigh problems. So, you know, those are maybe slightly concerning issues in terms of is he a kind of an injury-prone player? I really hope he isn't because he, he does seem like a player with a really high ceiling and a guy who could potentially be a very good player. But, um, you know, it's all about staying fit. We know how good Eric Tomella can be on his day. But again, he's a player who's just always, always troubled by injuries and can never get any sort of consistency going and that's something that's really difficult as a player when, when you're kind of consistently getting picking up small knocks and you're not able to train properly, you know, and then one week you're kind of, you know, for a couple of weeks, you get a good couple of training sessions in and then you pick up an injury and all that, all that work's gone to waste. It's, it's incredibly frustrating as an athlete to kind of pick up those injuries that really set you back. And Jaffet's had a lot of that. So, um, you know, he's a player I'd really, really love to see kick on because we always love having an academy player in our team. He seems to be a player who does seem to have a lot of talent, but injuries have really helped him back at the moment so you know it's all about can he stay fit but um, right now I don't think he's kind of at that level where he'll be in the first team for Nuno. Okay interesting next on our list is Toby Adavireld unless he wants to wind down back to Ajax or elsewhere you know it'd be interesting to see what Spurs do because you know he has apparently now come out and you know told Spurs perhaps the powers that be that he would like to move on 
Um, Jace, I know your feelings on Toby. That really we maybe should have moved him on two years ago as we had a massive debate on it when um, his stock was higher. All I would say on this is that, you know, a couple of years ago when Spurs did have that release clause of 25 million, nobody, nobody paid it. So, you know, what is he worth now, Jace, two years later? And will, will he get that move this summer? Not a lot. It, it, Toby's an awkward one because he's our best defender. He is our best defender at the club. Um, he makes fewer mistakes than any of them. He doesn't make catastrophic mistakes. He doesn't do what I call really stupid things as a defender. He doesn't go flying in and give really stupid free kicks away. Uh, he doesn't make the type of challenges that Aurea does. I've always said he has a weakness in the air. I've always said he, he doesn't lead the defensive line. I think, you know, the big thing is we talk about Toby being our best defender and that that uh, Sanchez needs a presence alongside him and Joe Roden needs a presence. But when he does, perhaps he doesn't do the talking and that Eric Dyer is still our most commanding, vocally, central defender. Uh, at this stage, Toby's not going to get better. Being, being as we're in Pig Farmers Division 2, I think let Joe Roden have every minute that Toby would have. So... I'd, I'd let Toby go. You're not going to get that much money for him. Um, I think, let's be honest, his contract expires when at the end of next season. You're not going to renew his contract. So for me, we're in a position where I think if, if you get the right offer and it's, I don't know, he wants to go back to, to Belgium or Holland and if somebody comes in with eight, nine, ten million, I, I genuinely would let him move on. Not with, not with any animosity. I think he's been a good servant to the club. He's a classy guy. But I think it's just, if you're in a rebuild process, then I'd let Toby be one of those that I'd rebuild on, despite the fact, as I say, he's still our best defender. Totally agree. Jace, Eric Dyer, a player that, let's be honest about it, does really, really, I think, um, polarise the opinion, more negative rather than positive. I think Dyer has been a player that we've shown an incredible amount of patience with, I think, at times where... Other clubs may have, you know, looked to move him on. Spurs actually gave Dyer a new contract, you know, at a point where I think people thought, you know, that's a, that was a big statement, giving Dyer a new contract at that time. And I think it was one of Mourinho's real um, utility men to begin with. You know, Mourinho, as we know, wanted him at Manchester United, made no jerks about that, wanted to sign him, as we saw in our Amazon documentary as well. Just where are we now, Eric Dyer? Is it too many mistakes now where it's beyond the point of, him having a career at Spurs, what do you think on Eric Dyer? Yeah, it's too many, too many sloppy mistakes. Um, and there's there's games where Eric Dyer can look really, really good, and he puts two good performances in, and then comes a a, a really silly one. I mean, um, Carling Cup final. I thought he had a really good game against City in the the Carabao Cup final, and yet there was still one stupid ball in a game that could have finished in the back of our net. Um, I think uh, I spoke to Chris Chris Cowling yesterday. It was at Orient. He said by far the leader of the team. You could see that. He said you could hear that, the barking of the instructions. He was the one pumping players. He was the one talking to players. So he obviously has that leadership quality, but that's not enough. His fall for Tottenham does not demand it. And again, if the offer came in, I mean, like I say, we're not going to sell 20 players, but if an offer came in that was, I don't know, 20, 25 million for Eric Dyer, again, you'd, you'd bite your hands off for it because he's not going to improve. Those mistakes that are in his game, and now not going to improve with experience because they're in him. They're in him. And he will always make that 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 silly one. And defensively, you can't do it. So, I'd, yes, if the offer comes, I'd, I'd let Eric Dyer move on. Next up on the list is Cameron Carter-Vickers. Sell, sell, yeah. yeah. Two million, three million, just sell. 
Next, again, a player that, you know, I think the Spurs fans, same as Eric Dyer, has had so much troubles, and that's Davinson Sanchez. Had a mixed campaign like Eric Dyer, had some excellent games, but also some poor ones. And he still makes at least one basic mistake in a game, and the best teams punish that moment more often than not. At 24 years old, he's a player that has the tools, I think, to still improve. But as above with Dyer, you know, you wonder... Is it again just, you know, with Spurs, it's just too many mistakes now to think this guy is going to ever really reach his full potential at Tottenham? Sadly, I think so. I think, you know, you look at him and you think his biggest attributes is he should be physically quick and physically commanding. And yet he gets dragged into to silly battles and you can find, a, I know, a, a Diego Costa would have him on toast, wouldn't he? You know, that, that type of physical striker we've seen him get bullied I think a couple of years ago, he got bullied at, in a game against Aston Villa. He gets bullied. He, he kind of gets sucked into a bullying battle of which he comes out second. So if you're not using your attributes to your best, and that's the best part of your game, the rest of it, no. So, yeah, I, I think it's another one that the offer comes, you, you take it. I think the, the problem comes is when we're saying, saying to these players, sell them, it's, it's what the offer comes. I mean, if somebody says, give you five million for Davidson Sanchez, would you sell him? Different thing entirely, but you know, not good enough, move on. Jamie, let's come around to you. Davison Sanchez, for you, Jay, I said to Jason there, you know, it's a point where he had so many mistakes and at least one yeah. basic error in every game we play. Yeah. Is a point now where you think, despite the outweighing of potential there might be there, just at Tottenham, we now hmm. need somebody that isn't going to put us in that situation every single game he plays? No, he's, he's just not developed the way that I think we thought he would. Um, I think when we signed him, he looked like he was he was a player who did have a lot of potential, but um, he for sure is a guy who just hasn't developed the way that we wanted to. Um, and I think that we have kind of have to now realise that he's at the age where potentially clubs might look at him and think they can get something out of him. I know that Sevilla club that are interested in him. So um, for me, he's definitely a guy that I'd look to kind of recoup some sort of fee on now. I think he's only 24 years of age, so potentially he might still appeal to some clubs for some reason. Um, but yeah, so for me, he's definitely a player that I look to move on um, because he's a guy who's got too many errors in him, not consistent enough performer. So um, as I said, he's at that age where potentially you could still get some sort of decent fee for him, but for £45 million, that looks like a disastrous um, kind of um, deal for Spurs. And it looks like it was Mauricio Pochettino signing as well. That's kind of what I've I've heard and it was really Mauricio Pochettino pushed to sign him. So Poch has gone. There's not really anyone at the club, I'm sure, that, that kind of wants him to be there. So he's definitely a player that has to be moved on this summer. Jay, yeah. can I just can I just throw the caveat in here? Um, we are not going to sell Dyer, Sanchez and Toby. No. no. We are not. So whether whether fans like myself, I, I, if we sold all three, but we ain't going to sell all three of them. So which order would you go in? Uh, which one of those three would be the one that would stay at Tottenham next season that you would say, I'm, well, he'd be the one of the three I'm not moving on? Alderweireld. Yeah, I think Alderweireld for me as well, yeah. I think despite his contract situation, he's still kind of the most reliable player. He's the one that you'd most want to, to be part of the defence. Um, as I said, unfortunately, the way Spurs are run, we need to be selling players who have some sort of fee. Um, yep. Damien yeah. Sanchez, for me, is, is a guy who you can get a fee for. So, he's probably the first one that I'd look to move on because, as I said, he's not quite good enough for Spurs. So he'd definitely be top of my list. But, you know, this is where we've left ourselves in such a problem. We've got so many players that we want to move on and we've kind of held on to so many players because for various reasons, we haven't got a fee in for them. 
we haven't been able to find a replacement for them when we've had opportunities to sell them because um, you know they're not at that level feed that for a, for a decent replacement. So you know we've left ourselves in a real mess by by keeping hold of players for so long, and and now kind of it's come to a head where we've got so many that we want to sell, but we can't do it all at once. So yep. it's a whole yeah, yeah. situation that Spurs are in. And, and that's why, as Jason said, we're going to be in a transition season next year because we're going to have too many players here next year who we still want to move on, who aren't good enough, Spurs. Totally agree. Uh, one player we do want to give mention to is TJ Yoma, another defender who had a, an excellent loan move with Yoma set to play in the League One. Well, it was played obviously in the League One playoff final with Lincoln. Another loan move looks likely for him. So I think it's a case that I think we'd be accepting of that. Again, young player, needs games. So hopefully he'll get them. To finish up, guys, on the defenders, Joe Roden, you know, one for the future after, you know, you've got to say a, a real frustrating first season. And this summer's Euros, you know, you've got to say he looked really, really impressive. I've got to say, Joe Roden. So, um, interesting. What I will ask the questions, because I'm sure we all want him to stay, is Jason, is Joe Roden in your first 11 for Nuno next season? Um, probably yes. Um, but I hope we sign one commanding centre half that can play alongside him yeah. and that will be a big help to him. Um, and when I talk about a commanding centre half, I don't necessarily mean, you know, if you can't. You can't get. I don't think we have a cat and L's chance of getting Scrinny out. I don't think the Japanese player we're getting linked with is the right one. Um, and I'm not suggesting we go and sign Lewis Dunk, but that type of character. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Tyrone Mings. I, I would never want us to sign Tyrone Mings, but that that type of character. I, I would love to go and get Cody to be alongside, who I, I think is a leader at the back. If you could get Cody, I'd definitely partner him with Roden, and that would mm. be my my pairing. Um, I think you need that that proven Premier League one to to help him along, uh, and it doesn't necessarily got to be a fancy, you know, a Gary Cahill or four years ago type of yeah. figure, you know, that that can can take command of situations. But he did have a good Euros. Uh, he looks quite domineering. Perhaps throws himself around a little bit too much. Where and that's where I say with the leadership, someone that can can talk him through games and. and you know, get yourself two yards that way, drop back a yard, just just constantly talking. Connor Cody would be an excellent person in that respect. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Well, guys, that is the defenders done. When we come back, we'll be heading straight to the midfielders and the attackers. Do not go anywhere. We're back after our final break of this show. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey.
Hello and welcome back to the third and the final part of The Last Word on Spurs. You hear the NMF special music there in the background. Like I say, we are dissecting Spurs' squad ahead of the new season. Which players are we keeping? Which players are we selling? Which players are we going out on loan? It's fair to say Nuno's got his work cut out over the course of the next few weeks. Both him, uh, I say both him, obviously, of course, Fabio Paratigi and Steve Hitchin. It's going to be a busy, busy few weeks ahead for Spurs in terms of what their plans are, what they want to outline ahead of the new season those players they want to move on players we want to bring in of course so far no new summer signings although there's a couple reportedly close we'll have to wait and see guys we're going to move on to the midfielders um, a nice easy one to start off because we like doing it on this show um we're going to categorize these in two but we'll quickly just discuss harry winks a nice easy one to start off Anthony costa isn't here to give us his verdict on harry winks i'm sure he'd be delighted if we can keep out of harry for at least another couple of seasons jace we'll come around to you to start this off harry winks um I think it's fair to say it's been a nightmare of a season for Winks last season. Started just the nine Premier League matches and sometimes even missed out on match day squads entirely, resulting in him missing out on the Euros. Um, I think it's fair to say that for fans, he's often become a scapegoat. And while the new manager will have his say, it would seem it's a good point maybe for the 25-year-old to restart his career elsewhere. What do you reckon? Uh, I'd keep Winks and make him captain just to just to see how Anthony Costa is on the on the WhatsApp group, you know. And I, I, I <laughs> no, seriously, um, what's he good at? Are you asking me to tell what, you? Because well, setting, I mean, what's he good at? Setting cones out, setting cones out. What's he good at? No, but I mean, seriously, um, what's he good at? I mean, you know, I look at two players that are kind of compared to him in in uh, positionally, Ruben Neves and James Ward Prowse. He's nowhere near those limits. Nowhere near those limits or levels. So I can't think what Winks is good at. Recycles the ball, but invariably square ways or backwards. I don't want to see square passes or backwards passes. So uh, does he assist? No. Does he score? No. Does he go box to box? Not really. Is he a holding midfield player where he reads the game and makes good tackles? No. We saw it yesterday. He gives away a foul that they score from. So what, what's he good at? And if you're saying what's yeah. he good at, then it's time to sell. Again, we'll, we'll get that into the motion with you, Jamie, here on terms of Harry Williams. And also, again, that's kind of another player that falls under that category, you'd probably say, is Moose Sissoko. Mm. Um, again, a useful member of the squad, some may say, he struggled for starts in 2021 with his contract entering now in its final 12 months. You'd probably say out the two, Sissoko's more likely to leave than Harry Winks. But on both of those players, if the right offer comes in, I'm sure you'll be driving them, right? 100%. Yeah, 100% I'd be taking offers on both of them, just on Winks. Um, as Jason said, he's not. He's never found his right position at 25 years old. I think that's. I think that's a bit embarrassing, really, that he's not been able to find that right position. I think that's really poor. So for him, I think he needs to move away so that he can get those opportunities and, and really kind of go to a place where he can get regular football. Because at Spurs, he's not going to be a regular starter, and he's never going to read. He's never going to discover that position that he's best at. I, I remember having endless conversations on this show of. Um, you know, Harry Winks needs to find his right position and we keep saying it and we're still saying it. So for me, he's a player that needs to move on for his own sake. Um, potentially you can get in a good feed for him given his age um, and being English and an international. Um, so for definitely a move, player that I look to move on, Musa Sissoko, definitely another player that I look to move on. Mm, a guy yes. who potentially is a good influence around the dressing room. I think, again, he's maybe people will harshly categorise him um, as one of the troublemakers. But for me, I think he's I, I think he's definitely that personality you love to have around the dressing room. You see all the players chanting Musa Soko's name in the dressing room and stuff. He's a great character, but as a footballer, he's, he's far from the level that Spurs need. And even as a squad player, I don't think he's good enough. Um, 
So I'd, I'd definitely look to sell both of those two players. Next two are quite interesting because they could be playing next to each other ahead of this new season. Jace, Pierre-Emile Hoybier, Oliver Skip. Hoybier played every minute in the Premier League for Tottenham in a fine debut season, even though to be very tired towards the end through overuse, really. I think at times he was doing, I think you've said as well, two or three players' jobs at one point. And Oliver Skip, shone on loan at Norwich last season. They won the championship title and promotion back to the Premier League. He was one of the top players in the division. Uh, his development has been massively huge over the course of the last 12 to 18 months. Again, it's one of those where if Winks does go, then Skip really just slot straight in for that no extra cost. What do you think? Those two, Jace, for you, Skip, Hoybier, could you see that being a partnership ahead of the new season? No, I don't see that as a partnership at all. I see uh, I see those two rotating each other. And hopefully Skip's good enough that he can come in and, and give Hoiberg the time that between games that he needs to rest. So that if you have got Man United away and you have got, I don't know, Brighton at home the following week, you can look and say, right, you play one and the other one plays the other. But I don't see them as a... Because it partly depends if you're going to be three at the back. If you've got a three at the back, two wing backs, and then your midfield pairing, a bit like England with Phillips and Rice, if your midfield pairing is Hoiberg and Skip, there's, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more creativity in there to, to what we know. So, But I, I think if Skippy can play 15... 15 games and all the pig farmers games and all the Carabao Cup games and things like that, then 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 he should get enough football to make him uh, to, to to see what he's good at. And as I say, he's, he's the type of player that you can perhaps, if Hoiberg's looking tired after 75 minutes, you can give him 15 minutes at the end of a home game and things. So I definitely keep them both. And Hoiberg's had a brilliant Euro. It's great to see him in team of the tournament. He's the yeah. one player that surprised me even last year. I wasn't that excited when we signed him. He, he, he proved his worth. Um, so, yeah, those two definitely stay around. Just on that partnership, I thought one thing that really struck me about Poibier at the Euros is kind of how good he was getting forward and, and being a creative player. He was actually, I think, only, um, only the third most creative player at the Euros in terms of creating chances behind Jordi Alba and another player, which is completely the name has escaped me. Um, he also was the second highest, got second highest number of assists. And he actually played in in um in a well the then them upset with a back three, didn't they? And wing backs. And then Hoybier was in the middle when he was paired with Thomas Delaney, who who was kind of a player who likes to sit more and was more of a defensive player. So I think what we saw at the Euros is actually Hoybier giving more freedom to kind of get forward and be creative. So potentially you could you could argue that Skip could could kind of be that Thomas Delaney that we saw at the Euros and, and Hoybier might be able to have that opportunity because we saw as I said the Euros he was fantastic creating chances was a massive part of Denmark's team so you know maybe that could be a partnership for Spurs but I, I do ultimately see it being kind of um, those two rotating but there, there potentially is that option because Hoybier really proved himself as a creative player but for me I'd like to see an Ndombele or a Lo Celso yes lots of frustration lots of frustrations around both of them but they're still two players that I'd that I firmly believe in. I know Jason definitely, definitely doesn't look like he agrees with that. But um, no, I, I, I think I, I, I think those two will be rotated between each other. But you know, potential partnership as well there. Two players we want to give a mention to: uh, Harvey White, Noel John. So Harvey White had a big season for, for him. Uh, he managed Tottenham debut in the Europa League and FA Cup and got minutes on loan at Portsmouth. They actually want him back next season, but he might be ready for another level. One to keep an eye on there. Noel John, another one who made his debut at last season as a midfielder. Um, the 18-year-old got nine minutes to his name in the Europa League against Wolfsburg and was on the bench in the final game of the Premier League season. Of course, I think he featured in that Orient game. So two players there to maybe keep an eye on, both potentially going back out on loan. Uh, 
these two, I mean, this is where it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on it, Jace. Tsungi and Dombele, Giovanni Lascelles. Now, and Dombele, a much better season from the Frenchman, even if there's still a thing he can be much better. The new manager will want to see what he can do with that talented ability, as we know. Lascelles, so the Argentine, has had his season heavily impacted once again by injuries, not least by that serious hampering injury. He's yet to have a preseason with Tottenham, and he needs that foundation, you feel, to really improve his ability last season. Where are you, Jace, with the Celso and Dombele players in their time that have given us glimpses of what they're about? Are they going to be in, Nuno, in Nuno's first-team plans? They might be, but they wouldn't be anywhere near mine. Sell and sell. I'm, I'm sick both of, of them. it. Both of them. I'm sick of seeing both of them come off constantly before the 70th minute. It's two years we've both signed them. Uh, La Celso plays for Argentina. I don't think he got past the 65th minute in any game. Uh, Tongi and Dombele, the French squad... If you think the French squad took Moussa Sissoko over Tongi and Dombele, it tells you everything. Tongi and Dombele has all the talent in the world. But, you know, we saw it with Poch. We saw it with Mourinho. We all thought when he got caught on the common with him, that trying to, trying to, the different thing. We saw in the all or, all or nothing, trying to get something out of him a year later. We still see, he's, he's a brilliant YouTube clip player for two minutes, which includes the replays of one minute. Um, I think Tottenham put out his best bits video the other day. It lasted, what, two and a half minutes. And this is two years for 65 million and 200 grand a week. Mm. Um, I know, Rick, we, we used to talk about him. You'd say he'll be a baller. Yeah. I think the, the ability is it, don't get me wrong, I think we'll sell him and he'll be a fantastic player elsewhere. Maybe I'm not, dis- maybe I'm not disputing the, prem- the talent. Maybe it's just the Premier League that is just too- Exactly. I don't think we'll ever mm. see the talent in him. Maybe if he went to Manchester City or Man United or Chelsea, he'll look a much better player. But he does not look anywhere near engaged enough in any game. And, you know, two years on, when's he been man of the match? What, once, twice? 65 million. Mm. It's 200 grand a week and he's puffing after 65. And the problem with it is we call it the dream team. And technically and talent-wise, it should be. It It absolutely should be. You haven't got to tell me that they're good players because Mm. I can see the talent in them. But if you've got to take one off in the 65th minute and the other one off in the 67th minute, what the hell? How can that be your dream team? And I know people say, well, it's up to... But they're two years here. Two years here. I know players can't help being injured, but the fact that one doesn't get to the French Euro squad behind Moussa Sissoko and the other one plays for Argentina in the finals and things, but still can't go beyond the 65th minute. I've, I've had it with the two of them. We need a central... Give me James Ward-Prowse, who has nowhere near the talent of those two, mm. and tell me James Ward-Prowse would give so much more to Tottenham than either of those two put together would do. I mean, he does, to be fair to James Ward-Prowse, he does finish games. I can see, Jamie, your, your, your look there, not too convinced. Where are you, Jamie, with uh, with Celso and Dombele? Two players, in the time, obviously, you've been on the show, you've rated them very, very highly, but again, it is incredibly frustrating, their injury records. No, I, I 100% get the concerns about them and I think they're totally warranted. You know, for two years of being here and the price that we spent on them, you expect a lot more. Um, the only thing that you could say and the reason that I'll be slightly lenient with them and give them Sell. years... Well, Sell! Shut up! I'm not having it. Sell! They, they are two potential players that you could get good fees on for, and, and sometimes I have been saying you do need to know when the right time is to sell and, and maybe we haven't seen enough from Tongi Ndombele and Giovanni to sell so to see that they'll ever come good for Spurs. And so potentially right now you could get a good fee for them. So, 
you know, potentially there is that argument that you sell them. The only thing I'll say is that they have had a very turbulent time. They've been at the club at a very turbulent time. I think as a club, we've very much struggled in general. Um, and I think playing under Jose Mourinho um, really did not help at all. I think Mitongi and Dombele absolutely killed his confidence. He's not a player that responds to a manager like Jose Mourinho. I think it was the complete opposite sort of manager that he needs. Um, I think Nuno and kind of his way of managing players, I think it's much more similar to Poch. I think he'll have his arm around him. So potentially a different approach to kind of, especially, particularly in Tongi and Dombele, might benefit him. So I definitely give Ndombele the benefit of the doubt that he was worked under Jose Mourinho and was really kind of limited by him. His confidence was not. He wasn't given that ability to go and express himself. We saw with Delhi, that was something that Mourinho totally limited under under Mourinho, just the way that he the way that he was kind of shackled. So for me, I'd definitely give them one more year. But for, if they don't to do it this year, then they're, they're two players you have to move on because they're not big enough. I'm just going to phone the taxi company. <laughs> not only Jamie, I'm phoning the taxi company now. <laughs> Guys, uh, also we've got to mention uh, Jack Clark and Alfie Devine, two players. I mean, it'd be interesting. Jack Clark, he got a few minutes on the wing in the two Europa League matches in the FA Cup tie Marine before heading out and known to Stoke City in the Championship. Another low move for him looks quite likely, although I think he said recently he would like to stay at Spurs despite links to Nottingham Forest. Alfie Devine, just 16 years old, he was Tottenham's youngest ever goal scorer and appearance maker after that cameo and low strike against Marine in the FA Cup. That he was on the bench twice in the Premier League, despite his age, says it all about how highly he's rated. Too young for a loan yet, and like John and others, the Europa League conference might provide more opportunity for him for minutes. I want to group together these next couple of players. Eric Lamella, Stephen Bergvine, Lucas Mora. Now, Lucas improved as the season went on and enjoyed himself in the cup competitions, most notably the Europa League. He might not be a regular starter, but he can make an impact in matches when called upon. Bergvine started the season quite well, despite not having many starts since... Well, I think it was just a seven assists last season, fourth in the team's assist rankings and scored that rocket against Aston Villa. And maybe his work great and, you know, ability. There's plenty there for the next manager to work with. And then Eric Lamella, finally, injury took away less of the Argentine season than normal. He does add drive to Spurs' midfield when he comes on, you know, in terms of goals and assists. There's a small contribution there. On those guys, Jace, who would you be keeping and selling out of those players I've just categorised there? Bergfine would probably be the one I... The, the strongest one for me to keep. Mm. Uh, we haven't seen a lot, but there's been flashes and, you know, maybe with a good good season under him. Obviously, his work ethic was was huge under Mourinho, which is why he kept getting picked for those big games. So the work ethic is in him. Um, he scored that fantastic goal against Villa, but it's one goal. That's the problem. Um, again, a, a bit like we were talking about the central defenders, you're not going to sell all three or four of those players. So Bergvine would be the bottom of the three to sell. Uh, Lucas Mora, if the offer comes, I'd take it. But as you say, the, the level we're at now, um, we've lost Bell. You lose Lamella. Um, Lamella definitely goes for me. Even if it's a free transfer, I'd let Lamella go. So uh, probably the other two you, you end up keeping, but not necessarily because you really want to, but just because of the logistics of the season means you won't get rid of 20. But, but, you know, Lucas Moore, I'd accept an offer if it came in. Bergvine would be the one of the three that I'd be the last to get rid of. But that's not to say that, that I'm a massive Bergvine fine again. I think there's there's a lot more to come from him and we have to see it. Jamie, let's come out of you. Mora, Bergvine, Labella. What do you I'd reckon sell, out of those three? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd personally I'd take offers for all three. I would I'd move all, all three on. 
think Lamella is a prime example of why, as I said at the, at the start of the show, he's a fantastic, brilliant example of someone who has sat around at Spurs for too long, has no ambitions of being a, a first-team starter. Um, he's just happy to kind of have that squad role. Um, and, that, and that, for me, you, you don't want players like that in, in the squad. You want players who are eager to really kick on, who are wanting to give comp- competition to the, re- the, the starters. And Lavella's just never done that. Um, he's obviously got a lot of ability, but in terms of injuries, he keep, continues to get injured. And, you know, what's the point of having him as a squad player if he's never available to be that squad player? He's always injured. So definitely a sell. Um, Lucas is another one that I'd look to take offers on. Um, I think he's another player that we just need to refresh and get and fresh faces in the door. Again, it comes down to we're not going to move all three of them on. One of them will go um, at, at, at best. Um, so Lucas Moore is definitely a guy I'd look to, look to take offers for. And Stephen Bergvine, um, I, I think it would be very unfair to, to give Tony and Domele and Giovanni the Celso another go, but not to let Stephen Bergvine have another chance. So he, I think given his age, given the, the potential that we've seen in him, I'd, I'd look to kind of keep him around for another season. And, you know, we've seen the work that, that Nuno did with a couple of wingers at Wolves, with Pedence, yep. uh, Pedro Neto. So he's worked with wingers before and done very well with some of them. So, yep. you know, hopefully he can do something with Bergwijn. We've seen the talent there, but uh, hopefully he can regain that confidence. He's another player who has confidence, got completely knocked under Mourinho, was completely shackled um, in terms of made to do lots of defensive work, not allowed to express himself. So I think um, Bergwijn... I would potentially look to take offers on him just because I think that maybe you could recoup that money if Ajax or someone were interested. But, yep. you know, um, I, I'd also be happy to, to keep him around. Last midfielder. I was just going to say the caveat would be if if we were to swap or get rid of Mora or Bergvine to bring in Oil Boy, then no way I would bring in Oil Boy. So Mora and, <laughs> and Bergvine would get five-year contracts over Oil Boy for me. Do you want to listen to that insight? Who is Oil Boy, Jace? Traore. <laughs> the, the, the most headless chicken footballer I've ever seen. That's yep. that's this wonderful footballer that's played something like 130 games and scored six goals mm. or eight goals or something and four assists. I mean, you know, it, and they're probably all against Tottenham and he rubs his arms in baby oil so no one can grabs him. <laughs> but for me, I, I, you know, I know teams get fixated with him. I think let him have the ball. Let him have the ball. Don't go anywhere near him. Let him run through and let him smash it into Rose Z or cross it to the corner flag because that's all he ever does. Watch him get a hat-trick now and we play him this season. He probably will get a hat-trick, but Rick, yeah. there's a 38-game season and he only plays Tottenham twice. That's a good point. That's a good point. Right, last midfielder before we look ahead to our strikers very quickly. That's Deli Alley. Now, to be fair, it was a horrendous season for Ali in terms of his progression. It ended with just five consecutive starts under Ryan Mason. And I think, again, Nuno's task will be getting the best out of Delhi very quickly, Jace. Will we ever recapture Delhi's form that we saw on Pochettino where we were Spurs were heading, well, attempting and competing for the title? Will that ever come again with Delhi at Tottenham? Well, I, you know, everything I say is about players delivering and being consistent. And Delhi's Delhi's one who hasn't now been for two years. But there's that little bit of me that says, we've seen so much from Delhi in the early part, that if he can get himself sorted, hopefully the, the the fitness work and that he's gone through has shown a mentality switch from him. So, you know, I would keep Delhi for the extra season, which probably goes against all my standards on everyone else. But I, I do have a soft spot for Delhi. He's a player that I've, I've really enjoyed watching. He's been a big game player for us. We've seen him do it at Arsenal. We've seen him do it against Chelsea. We've seen him do it against Liverpool. We've seen him do the goal he scored against Man United where in Mourinho's first couple of games. We've seen him do it against Real Madrid. 
we know it's possible with him. You know, with Tongi and, and Lacelso's and that, we've never really seen it at Tottenham, but with Delhi we have. So I would I would keep Delhi, but I understand there will be a lot of players saying it's now in hope that he does something rather than in expectancy. But I still hold that hope in Delhi, and, and Delhi's my one soft spot player. Jamie, just for you very quickly on Delhi. I think, you know, thoughts of you, would you be keeping Delhi? Um, for me personally, if an offer was to come in for Delhi Ali, I would look to move him on. I think that he he's maybe like Winks, another guy who needs to go and, and move elsewhere yeah, to maybe. reinvigorate maybe. his career. Um, I'd be gutted personally because I, I, I love Delhi Ali too. I think, you know, on his day, he's a fantastic player, but unfortunately, it's just something's gone wrong um, for him at Spurs. The, the only thing I'd say is that he does look as though maybe something has switched um, in terms of his mentality. Um, yeah. And he does seem to really starting to work now. Um, again, under, new, uh, under Mourinho, that was not a right fit at all. Um, he was yeah. not the sort of manager that works with Deli Ali in the right way. I think Deli Ali is, is a guy who needs a Pochettino, potentially a Nuno type manager, who's going to put his arm around him, let him go and express himself. So maybe Deli. we might see the best of Deli Ali. Uh, the, the other big frustration I have about Deli Ali is that he, he also... He has never really kind of been able to adapt to different positions. He's only yeah. really been able to play as kind of like yeah. a, potentially a false nine or whatever you want to call it, a number 10 mm. who can run on past the striker. He's always kind of, when he's, you know, when we play the 4-3-3, three, three, he's always struggled to play a bit deeper or whatever. So yep. that's something that Deli Ali needs to work on in terms of being able to, to play more than one role. So um, reluctantly... He has to an offer, reluctantly enough, if an offer was to come in, I would maybe look to sell this summer, but... Let's see what he can do. As Jason said, I think he, he, he deserves that at the very least for what he did at the start of his first career. Um, so let's see what happens this season with Delhi because I, I don't think we'll get any offers from him. Yep. He has to use Luke Shaw as his motivation to the, to, to the season that he had under Mourinho. I, I actually loved his interview where he said, I don't blame Mourinho, I blame myself. That's I needed to do more. Yeah. Yep. Um, I and I don't want to be back to the level that I was at Tottenham. I want to be a better player than I was before. So he's talking the right things. He's, he's uh, you know, the attitude, maybe the maturity is coming out in him. So I, I really hope with Delhi, and I hope we're sitting in here in 12 months time and think, thank God we kept him. Because, you know, I think he can play one of the forward three positions. But Jamie's very right. If you play that wing-back system... He doesn't really, he's not really a passing number 10, is he? When people talk about Delhi being the number 10, he's, he's not renowned for making great passes like Ericsson could do. So there is a limited, limited skill set for Delhi, and you have to play to Delhi's strengths. And if Nuno doesn't, then, then I can understand why Jamie says you take the offer. But I just, my soft spot is for Delhi. I love him as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I, think the, I think just, just on the Luke Shaw example, I think that is a fantastic example of a player. If, if, if Luke Shaw can come back from the way that he was treated under Mourinho um, and become, for me, one of the very best left-backs in the world right now and, and was I thought was England's player for the tournament and he can come back from that, then I think Delhi Ali is capable of doing it because, you know, there is so much talent in Delhi. He, that was a talented player. That was a guy who had genuine ability. So you don't just lose that overnight. So, um, if, if Luke Shaw can do it, as I think Jason, a brilliant example. So hopefully he can kind of follow a similar suit and uh, we see the best of Dele. I agree, guys. We're going to wrap up the strikers very, very quickly. I mean, Hummin Son, listen, last season, 22 goals, 17 assists in 51 appearances, including, let's say, 
17 goals and 10 assists in the Premier League. He played a lot of minutes, the third most in the team, which may have contributed to his reduced return as the season went on. But Spurs, we know he's not going to be going anywhere. So Hummin Son definitely staying. Dane Scarlett, of course, a big debut season for him last in the 17-year-old, becoming the youngest player to grab an assist in Europa League since Kylian Mbappe did so against Spurs for Monaco. He got off the bench twice in the competition and made his Premier League debut against West Brom. He's going to be a star if he keeps his head down and works so hard, like we've discussed on this show. So I think we can all say Dane Scarlett's going to be one to keep, maybe a loan for him. Troy Parrott, you know, is Scarlett likely to be in and around the first team, learning his trade very quickly on this guy's um, yes or no is fine. Jason, uh, Troy Parrott, a loan for you, probably best? Depending on pig farmers uh, and depending on what they do with Dane Scarlett, I, I'd actually keep Scarlett and, 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 and try and keep him around the squad, certainly until Christmas. I might... Yeah. Um, in which case you can let Parrot leave, but mm. I I I'd kind of keep both until Christmas time, and then and then see where we're at, and, and almost invite the shootout, almost almost use the other one to spur the other one on, and, and produce yeah, competition like between the two to say yeah. right, who's really going to grab this spot, and mm. who's going to get themselves on a Premier League bench, and, and try and push it certainly until that that gen, until the January window. So I'd keep them both, mm. and and I'd try and use both and and maybe even try and use them as a pair. So, in Pig Farmers Division 2. <laughs> Jamie, it'll be interesting, obviously, Spurs, no college finish. Obviously, he's gone back now to his parent club, Benfica. If Spurs do go and buy a strike, you know, there does seem to be certain mm. links with Danny Ings potentially coming in. I think that'll be, obviously, a great... I think it'd be a great partnership for Harry Kane and, you know, even a great alternative. If you look at his goal ratio for Southampton, it was right up there amongst the very, very best in the league. Yeah. One to keep an eye on. But for you, uh, Parrot... Would you be looking to loan him, or would you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely look to uh, loan Troy Parrott out right now. Um, yeah. I, I think he's, as I said, he really struggled out on loan last year with injuries. He had to go. I think he, he changed clubs halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, definitely a loan out. But, but it does look as though striker is a position which we're prioritising. I think right back mm. and centre back are the other two positions that we're really yeah. looking at. So yeah. I definitely think we'll see a, a, a senior striker come through the door. So Troy Parrott definitely think- loan. Just on Troy, I think the problem with a loan will be because it didn't work out at Ipswich and it didn't work out at Millwall, will a championship club come in from him? And yeah. I think if the loan's got to be to League One, then I really don't see the purpose of, of that. Yeah. That's that's my worry with a loan for Troy, that, you know, mm, yeah. it's got to be a, a championship club that really sees him and gives him that time. And I'm not sure he's done enough yet to, mm. to get that. And perhaps if he did play pig farmers division two and score six or seven goals and play Carling cups and things that might get in that championship loan for the second half of the season. That's a great point guys finishing the show. Nice and easy one. Of course, Harry Kane, um, racked up an incredible 33 goals and 17 assists last season for Spurs, walked away with the golden boot and playmaker award in the Premier League with the most goals, most assists. His future is still really, really hot for debate. Let's go to Jamie on this. Jamie, firstly with you, Harry Kane, to kind of close the show. Has your thoughts changed at all on Kane over the course of the last six, seven weeks? Will he be a Spurs player come that first game of the season against Man City? Um, yes, I, I do think he will be, uh, just because I, I don't think Manchester City will kind of pay the fee that will be needed to, to let him go. Um, so I do think, and, and I thought Nuno did handled <clears throat> handled the questions on him brilliantly. So um, yes, I, I think Harry Kane will be a Spurs player next year. Um, of course, I think a lot of people get lost on this in terms of saying that Harry Kane will desperately want out of Spurs. Well, actually, Harry Kane's got three years left on his contract at Spurs. So it's not actually up to Harry Kane whether he stays. It's up to Spurs whether he stays. So that, that's the big thing, you know, whether Spurs, if Man City were coming with some sort of offer, 
you know, even if it was maybe that reported £150 million, you know, Spurs might not even look, Spurs might absolutely not want to sell him at all. So it's totally up to Spurs. It'd be interesting to see what happens. But for me personally, I, I think Harry Kane will be a Spurs player next season. Jay's coming over to you. I mean, I think Jeremy makes a great point there. And I wanted to bring this into it. I thought Nuno handled it very, very well on that first real press conference he had as Spurs head coach coming in there, having to discuss Harry Kane. I thought he came across very, very well in terms of what he said. And um, tried to be as, I'd say, as, co- as committed as he could be under the circumstance that Harry Kane will be a Spurs player. He said he wants to work with a player that's arguably the best in the world. Um, thoughts on Nuno's comments and how he handled his first press conference and whether you still believe Harry Kane will be a Spurs player come that first game of the season against Manchester City in the Premier League? Well, the, the only thing I saw about Nuno's comments on him, I hope Nuno's lying. I hope he has spoke to Harry Kane because uh, I think he should have done. You know, he's... Most most managers, I mean, you know, it was interesting that, that Kane said he was in touch with, you know, Kane saying I'm focused on the Euros and things, but he did say he was in touch with Mourinho several times during the tournament. Yep. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was enough time for Nuno to say, look, you haven't got to say much to him. you just got to say good luck in the final tonight and I'm looking forward to working with you. That's all you've got to say. So um, I hope Nuno's been in touch and, and perhaps, you know, hasn't said it. Uh, I think Kane and Danny Ings will both be at White Hart Lane on the opening day of the season. They'll be on opposite sides. I just don't know which sides they'll be on. Interesting. So I, I, I still think if Manchester City come up with the money, that we will let him go. Uh, but it will be a hell of a lot of money. You are talking 140, 150. Mm. And I, I perhaps don't think Manchester City will reach it. But I think if Manchester City turned up with a cheque and said, OK, here's the 150 million, we're not turning it down. Right, OK. I mean, just out of interest then, going, now we've really analysed that whole Spurs squad. I mean, finishing up, Jace, your thoughts on optimism going into the season. Um, do you feel do you feel good about what's coming up? You know, the way Nuno was speaking at that press conference very quickly. Um, thoughts ahead of the season now, once we've done that squad review like we've done. Overriding emotion? Me? Sorry. Yeah, overriding emotion, yeah. Um intrigue more than real excitement for the season I think we, we all know there's so much work to be done on that squad um, I want to see some of those I want to see some of the outs I want to see some of the ins before I really we, we all know Nuno wasn't the club's first choice I mean he wasn't you know no matter how much they try and sugarcoat it he wasn't that's why they were letting him talk to Palace and Everton so it's hard for him like I said, I think it will be in fairness to Nuno because of the transitions and I know there'll be good days and bad days. It's not one that I'm I'm really excited for. I spoke to Chris Cowling yesterday and he said, you know, and we all know Chris's passion to watch Tottenham. And, you know, when people talk about Chris on Twitter, oh, I see the YouTube bloggers gone. Chris goes to home games, away games, under 18 yeah. games. He follows England to Montenegro's and places like that. I mean, if ever a bloke deserved a ticket for the European Championships final, it was Chris who goes to group games in Lithuania's and places yeah. like that with England. So, you know, he, he didn't get a ticket because he's a YouTube blogger. He got a ticket because he travels millions of bloody miles every year and thoroughly deserves his ticket because when everyone's calling these games meaningless, Chris is at them. Chris is at them, under 18 games and UEFA Champions League youth games and things like that. So, but, you know, Chris said to me yesterday, he doesn't feel excited about the season. And I understand that. And perhaps we all have to, we all have to think, right, where are we in a month's time? What's, what's the ways this squad going? What type of football are we going to see before we really start to get into it? So I'm intrigued more than excited, but I'm not sitting here dreading it like I was under Mourinho. Mm. Jamie, to close the show with you, 
How do you feel about the new season coming up? Um, j- just on Nuno and kind of that being that first choice, I think what did change is, yes, I think on Spurs' original, li- original list when they were looking at candidates, he wasn't on that list. But I think when Paratici came in, he's the reason that changed. I think that he was reported that he wanted, um, he wanted Nuno when he was at Juventus. So he's obviously a guy who he rates highly. However, we know he did go for other managers before that. So maybe for, for Paratici, who rates him, he kind of saw the likes of Fonseca and Conte ahead of him. So maybe that is a bit concerning. But for me, I, I, I do like kind of the start that Nuno's made. For me, he seems like a really nice character. And I think that that's something that, that is right as well. It's, it's nice to have a manager who just kind of is a lot more refreshing in the press conferences. He's not at war with the fans. He's not at war with the players. And it's nice to kind of have that personality of manager. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we get on. I think in terms of, of bringing new players in, I think we know we've, it's been very heavily reported the way that Paratici works. He, he negotiates with a number of different players in one position and then sees which one comes off. So I'm sure it will kind of be towards the latter stage of the, the transfer window that we'll really start to see movement. Um, but in terms of what I really want to see happen is I want to see players starting to go out the door now. That's something that desperately, desperately needs to happen because as we keep saying, as we've said throughout the show, it needs to be refreshed. Um, so hopefully we start to see that happening. But in terms of incomings, I think that that will happen later on in the window as they kind of negotiate more deals and, and, and pick out the right ones for each position. So I think it's just being patient with that. Yes, it's very frustrating that no players have come to the door and we're, we're a couple of weeks away from the season starting. But um, I think it's just having that patience. So I've very mixed feelings because Nuno, he wasn't really my first choice. And I had a disappointing year last year. Um, at Wolves, but let's see. I want. I'm more than willing to give him a chance. So let's see what he can do. I think with just the transfer policy, you know, over the course of the summer, there's two things I say on it. First thing is, I think the players we really want to improve us, we have to accept are not going to be, you're not going to be overjoyed to move to Tottenham this year. You know, uh, uh, the thought of a Skriniar giving up Champions League football when he's just won the league with Inter Milan to go and play in a Europa Conference League with a with a battle for sixth or seventh. It's not going to happen. And uh, it doesn't matter how much. We could turn up to Inter Milan tomorrow and, and pay that 80 million quid if they wanted it or 60 million we could say to him, I tell you what, we'll pay you 200 grand a week. He's still not going to sign for Tottenham. He will wait for a better offer from a better club. So that's the one thing on the transfer thing. The other thing is what what we, we all know the tra- that recruitment is key. The disappointment today, we've seen Ben White agree a deal with Arsenal. I'm not saying I want Ben White. I'm not saying 50 million is the right price of Ben White. But I will give Arsenal respect today that they obviously saw him as their top target and they've gone and got their man. And whilst 50 million is a lot of money, perhaps they took the view that if we leave it a couple of years, then then a Chelsea or a Man United will come in and he will move to one of those over us. So we might well pay over the odds, but he's our top target. They've gone and got the deal done. We're arguing about an extra two million on top of 15 million for a Japanese player. And I mean, that's 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 the difference between Tottenham. So big respect to Arsenal tonight. Like I say, we could, we could all be sitting here laughing our heads off at Ben Whitebeard, but at least their club saw a player they wanted and they've gone and got him. And they've got him before any of the other big boys are interested. And we have to take a leaf out of that and say, this is if, if that Japanese player is our target and Bologna want 18 million, then go and pay 18 million for him. For God's sake, because 
15 million and 16.2 million with 15 tracksuits. It's 2 million quid we're arguing about. It's not like they've said we'll pay, seven, we want 70 million for him. So just go and do it if he is a genuine, if he's not a genuine target, fine, move why, on. Why, why, why waste our time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And have, but, Arsenal, have Arsenal actually moved any players on yet? Because from, from a Spurs point of view, it seems like we have to move players out first before we can bring new ones in as well. That's I mm. think that's the other frustrating thing. Well, yeah, and that's kind of why my mindset with with the likes of Hugo Lloris is to get lost, rid of him because we want well, to get lost him for him now and then go and replace him because they've lost David you know, Luiz, haven't they? So presumably he comes in to replace David Luiz. And okay, they haven't got David Luiz, but that's a massive wage off the books in David Luiz. But mm. I just mean, you know, they they've seen a target and they've yeah. gone and got him. Yeah. And like I say, there's a player that they've paid over the odds, but they might think. He could go to Manchester City. He could go to Chelsea in 12 months. Let's go and do the deal now. A bit like some people trying to do the deal for Haaland now. Because yep. we all know in 12 months, he'll have the choose of every club. Yep. So clubs are prepared to pay over the market for Haaland now to get a jump on him. So, you know, fair play to Arsenal for that. But for God's sake, Tottenham, if, if they want 18 million and we're prepared to pay 15, can we learn from Jack Grealish and just say, there's the 18 million. And if we don't want him, pull away from it and go and sign somebody else. Well, there's apparently nine other players, isn't there? Apart from that, with Farah Paratici in 10 at a time of the position. So who knows? Let's wait and see. I want to say a massive thank you for you know the analysis that has been given on this show. Been a, I say, a big, big in-depth look at this squad. So let me give my thanks to Jamie Brown. Jamie, thank you as always from the Daily Underscore Hotspur Twitter account. Always a great account. Keep following Spurs. All the very latest news. Make sure you're hitting that follow button and keep checking the transfer news. It's got to be warming up soon, Jamie, hasn't it? Oh, I really, really hope it does warm up soon. Um, but yeah, we're getting a lot of uh, pig farmers weekly, as Jason like to call it. Lots of reports from Italy. So um, hopefully we get some genuine ones because I think that's mm, the frustrating yeah. thing about being linked with, with 10 players at once is because, you know, you don't know which one's true and it's, it is getting to a frustrating point. But as I said, I think it's just about being patient. Yep. This is the way that Paratici works. So we've just got to accept it. And uh, I'm sure business will happen eventually, but... Yeah, from from my sort of point of view, I just hope it happens very quickly. Can I can I ask Jamie one thing? Oh no! Can you put your keyboard down and please not mention Rafael Varane to Tottenham? <laughs> okay, I promise you, I please. Want no more Varane please. to Tottenham. <laughs> please not Rafael Varane to Tottenham. Thank you. How much Jason can you do? It's Tutor Macato, Calcio Macato. Oh my God, Father! Well, it's not if you, isn't it? This, the Sporting Director yeah, coming in. The sports the sports news on Papua New Guinea. <laughs> back page has got more chance of getting it than Tuto Maketo, but you know, you know what I hate the I hate the transfer window. Although this year, this year I'm actually looking forward to it to to see who the hell we get rid of and who the hell we bring in. But mm. uh, Rafael Varane to Tottenham, please, it's never happening. Dreaming, dreaming. Jason, thank you as always. Absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. All right, matey. Good to catch up, boys. Always, always. Guys, listen, we'll be here throughout the summer, of course. We've got lots of shows planned, so please keep following Last One on Spurs. Keep refreshing that podcast feed. And as always, keep safe, keep well, and most importantly, come on, you Spurs. Taxi for Tongi. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.